Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. You are now listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the OG bad boys of Bigfoot, the Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive of Squatchology, the Chip and Dale of Bigfoot, and I'm not talking about the cartoon. Please welcome your hosts, the Bigfoot celebrity couple, Biff Clobo, better known as Cliff Berrickman and James Bobo Fay. So yeah, had a good time down in uh, Louisiana. Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit. Um, how long were you down in Louisiana again? You got there when and got back when? I was there Sunday through Thursday, so four nights. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah, Did you spend was... all four nights in the field? No. For Saturday night, because he's, he's a huge cowboy fan. and uh, so we... I'm assuming you're talking about football, although I hope not. <laughs> Bull. No, he's a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. They're playing, and also Saturday on Sunday night, they were uh, there were tornadoes. There were several tornadoes that were coming through the area. Yeah, severe thunderstorms. So we didn't go out Sunday night, which we should have jammed out Sunday afternoon and got those those baby prints because I saw the fi- photos of those those four inch tracks. Yeah, those were gone the next morning when we got out there. Oh, and the big one, the the big one that. Uh, the lady found turned out to be looked to us like two different human boot tracks going in opposite directions. And then like a pig and a deer step side by side. So like almost like four toes across the top at a really weird angle. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of pigs in there, like a ton of pigs. There's more pigs than deer. Okay. This is one of those, uh, habitats. Yeah. Like Florida, for example, or somewhere like that. Yeah. And then got to see a boggy Creek down there and it went, Squatching at Boggy Creek that night, so that was pretty. That was a pretty epic night. Mm-hmm. We, didn't, we weren't actually at Boggy Creek. We we're at Sulphur River, where the Boggy Creek flows into the Sulphur because you can't really navigate Boggy. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of small. Yeah, yeah, the whole area where a lot of that stuff happens is the Mercer Bayou. That does the Sulphur River flow into that, or am I mistaken? I don't remember. Yeah, that's where we were heading. We launched um, Denny from uh, Monster Mart there in Falk. Yeah. To- documentaries he told us about another boat launch that was closer but then there's uh from that tornado the night before like a big tree went down was blocking the river you couldn't get below this one bridge so we went the opposite way then we went up into an area that's even bigger than mercer bayou spent the night up there um didn't have nothing happened but it was great habitat yeah uh, you know, uh, those boat launches you were mentioning, that kind of uh, makes me wonder, like, if those would be good spots to stake out. Um, not only here in Washington, for example, or here in Oregon and Washington. Well, actually, in Washington, the reason I brought that up is because I think you are, are you are allowed to fish at night in Washington, but not in Oregon. And I, I was thinking back to you and Bart running into that thing um, at in Hayuchi at the boat launch where people clean their fish. Right. And that's also a place where um, Lori 
up there in the Olympic Peninsula, sometimes sheep used to frequent um, a place where people cleaned their fish and would... ran, in, ran into Sasquatch tracks there. So, yeah. Yeah, it might be a good uh, strategy for anybody in those areas where there's a lot of boat launches, especially where people clean fish, et cetera, you know? Exactly. Yeah, the fish, I think the, the fish cleaning, yeah, and uh, all the boat launches have trash cans. So, yeah, easy pickings. Yeah, it's a good spot. Um, remember that tent story I had where the thing pushed the corner of the tent down? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, right. I, I do. We went and spent the night in that tent, which is down on Caddo Lake. It's been set up all this time, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been setting up there, just sitting there empty. It was in good shape, surprisingly. Like, no animals had come in even through the holes. Like, um, we were shocked because there's so much stuff around it. Like, there's every, just the, the first half hour we were there, there was a bobcat, a mountain lion, deer. And then we went we went and hiked around for a few hours with the property owners and turned around different places. And then we went back and laid in the tent and we started getting knocks and the knocks went up and next to the property is a, a horse pasture with a, a mare that just had a um foal and it had a you know, a baby horse and there's a big stallion in there with them. So it was like a family of three. Man, you could hear the stallion just going crazy, like where the knocks kind of stopped near there and just yeah. charging forth and we were about a hundred and we were, we were like a hundred yards from there they never we never heard the knocks come within a hundred 150 yards of us but we could definitely hear them moving you know as they progressed uh up the property way and early that day or the day before actually that day the day before the property owner was sitting in his front yard and across the street away from the bayou there was the seven foot um reddish brown one he says grew like a foot in the last year he thinks if it's the same one, hmm. they're all different. The ones I see are all different colored. Like the big ones kind of got some gray. Um, the seven footer, which was a six footer, he said last year, like six and maybe six and a half foot part with the year. He said now it looks seven foot. If it's the same one, it's a reddish brown cinnamon kind of color one. The small one's black. Well, you know what? Um, now might be a good time to mention to the people who are listening that you went to the same area as the guy that we interviewed last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> I just just to me. Yeah. I mean, I started asking you questions and I guess that's, that's the downside of Bigfoot and beyond is like, you know, we just hang out and talk and people listen in. And so sometimes we forget to put things in context for everybody. I, so. I'm guilty. <laughs> as charged. Yeah, well, me too. I was, I'm with Danny, with you, so. I was with Danny the, I was with Danny the whole time. So, yeah. Time. Well, you know, Bubba, just for the sake of any listeners that discovered this episode first, give us a 30 second breakdown of who Danny is. Danny's an old from an old Cajun family there. Um, they've been on the bayou there for a couple hundred years. I mean, they're as deep as it gets their rootsy Cajun family. And uh he's lived there his whole life, was a commercial fisherman on Cattle Lake and on the uh the rivers around there for twenty-five years. And he's he's he knows the place like a back of his hand, knows tons of people, dialed in like the community and great, great guy to go out uh with. He's got boats, so that's helpful around there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they live right on I mean, the family lives right on the bayou, right? Yeah, exactly. And he's got he's got five at their uh family reunion, there's always like five to six hundred people there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a huge family. I just got a text from Wool Heaters asking if we're coming back in 2021. The Texas conference. I mean, since we spoke last, well, that's not true, actually. But um, since we spoke with 
you know, our public on the podcast last, we went to the Texas Bigfoot Conference. So uh, let's talk about that for a minute. That was a, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good event. I mean, I, I enjoyed myself. It's always a great time out there. Texans are cool people. There's, there's, there's good food. I'm not sure how good it is for you, but it's good food. I enjoy <laughs> it. Well, it's meat and deep fried stuff, you know, and I'm not sure how many Texans would disagree with me on that, um, but it's delicious, but my, I'm, it's, but, but man, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize people come from like all over, like three States around. Jefferson's like a destination spot, like VRBOs and antique shops. And it, it was a beautiful, I, I was blown away at what a beautiful little town it was. And supposedly the most haunted town in that part of Texas or all of Texas. Oh. Yes. And I agree with that now. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, at, at the conference, um, it was great. Wool Heater got a good deal for us. That was amazing. So thank you, Craig Wool Heater, for uh, treating us well because he scored some cool coupon or something or other and got us first class tickets out to Texas. Uh, um, it's not often I get to fly first class, uh, not anymore at least since the show ended. So that was that was kind of cool. Um, oh, and you know what? What made my flight even better is uh, you know how some planes they have like you know like most planes have you know, two seats on one side and two seats on the other. Uh, this one had two seats on one side and one on the other. And not only was I in first class, but I got that one seat. It's an, in, oh my God, it's an introvert's dream. Seat 2A. Right. Oh, I think I, yeah, right. I think uh, I was 3A or something like that. But nonetheless, you should um, 2A. It's way better. <laughs> Well, still, that was awesome. And then, of course, uh, it was always good to hang out with Craig and all the Texan folks. Ken Gerhard was there, and Lyle Blackburn was there. And, of course, uh, Craig's better half, Tammy, was there. She's rad. So, um, uh, Shelly was there. It was just, I, that's what I get for even starting to name people because there's too many people to name. Oh, Lyle, we met Pamela Pierce, the daughter. Yeah, the do- daughter, Charles Pierce, the producer. Charles Pierce. Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah, yeah, the guy who produced it and filmed it and did it pretty much everything for it. Yeah, she uh, she got it redone. It's being re-released around the country in movie theaters in 4K. I got to and, see it down there. That was awesome. I, I was that was so, and she's one of the little girls in the scene where the family gets scared. The mom with the little girls. Really? Yeah, she's she's one of those little girls. I'm not sure she told me that. That's cool. Yeah, I ran into her at Monster Mart in Falk. She was dropping off. Blu-ray DVDs and T-shirts to sell at the store. Mm-hmm. We talked to her for like two hours. She was, she was a lot of background. God, I'm trying to think. She told us some interesting things I didn't know. Oh, she said that that's not true. That that's um uh that she said that her father recorded that Bigfoot call in sulfur in the um sulfur uh what is it swamp whatever. Really? Wait, wait. Which the the one like the one that's like over yeah. the. Really? Her father yeah, recorded that, and that is an actual Bigfoot call? Yeah, she said, I said, I go, no, it says in the book that it's a combination of an elephant and a tiger and a lion. She goes, no, because I said, I always said, like, I don't know how like, I nailed that so close, because that's what I heard that first night I had that crazy encounter in 2001. It sounded a lot like that. Well, I'll be darned. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, she told us some other interesting things. I can't remember exactly what it what they all were now, but it was, it was, yeah, it was cool talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. She's totally cool. I met her at another conference a few months back or whatever. And it's a, it was good to catch up with her again and hear the progress that's been happening on the movie. Um, 
I understand that there's a, a DVD release and there's a, a even more expanded DVD release coming down the line in a few months or so. Yeah, I, I think I would, that's the Blu-ray one's out right now. I know that. Nice. I would like to go see that on the big screen again. It was cool, dude, because I mean, I saw, and this time it wasn't with a crappy drive-in, like, steel speaker. <laughs> <laughs> those old steel speakers at the drive-in. Yeah, those are cool, though. They were the worst sound ever, though. No, but the most nostalgic sound at the same time. True, true, but it was nice to turn it all remastered. And they, oh, that's what she told us. They just got to those audio, the audio for the movie, just barely in time, whatever that kind of chrome tape they had it stored on yeah totally deteriorating and it would have been in six months it would have been forever gone wow that's the problem with analog you know people can love their analog this and that records tapes cassettes whatever i want to record an analog but that stuff deteriorates every analog anything should be backed up digitally somehow because digital doesn't you know degrade Right. You can't get rid of you can't get rid of zeros and ones. They're they're there as long as you know the memory is. Just don't put your hard drive next to a giant magnets and you'll be fine. Right. Yeah. So yeah, then what else did we do down there? We we did a night back at the property where we had the sighting last summer where I saw that huge one on the therm. Uh-huh. We went back there and it was dead quiet. But man, there was something that happened just a half mile away from there with another family member on the other side of the levee, we were on looking north on the south side of the levee, half mile away. They had some encounter with two of them in the wood line, like right next to the uh, where the old family house was. And when did uh, that happen? Sometime between when I was there in June and now. Okay, so it's the summer at some point. Yeah, summer, early fall, somewhere in there. But that, but no one's ever out there. Then the only other time Danny went back there. He brought his son-in-law out with him, and they got a loud, loud power knock from sort of near where we had seen seen the uh, one that night. Yeah. Well, they got an active area, you know. Um, people ask me, I mean, I'm sure they ask you all the time, like, where's the best place in America to go Bigfooting? It's like, well, where the Bigfoots are. Right. It could be it could be anywhere. It could be in Louisiana. You know, it could be in Kentucky. It could be in Oregon. It could be wherever. But like the Bigfoots have to be there, accessible, near a family or people or a researcher that's aware of them. And the Bigfoots have to like not care so much and stay in the area and you know not not mind the people, perhaps. Agreed. Yeah, that that is a hot spot, man. That whole Texarkana down through Sam Houston State Forest, all along that Sabine River and Lake Charles, and and that whole zone, Zwali, all the way down. And we were. Um, Danny's been looking into more stuff down. <laughs> it's pretty funny, dude. He started listening to a bunch of Dogman stories the last two years. Uh huh. He went out and bought a freaking hand cannon, dude, a 460 Smith & Wesson mag. Okay. It's like the most powerful knockdown hand cannon you can buy. Like, it's it like those big grizzly guns or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a, you get, people hunt elephants with it. But it's a handgun. It's, it's, yeah, it's like the most powerful handgun you can buy. Like standard, like whatever stock handguns. It's it's more powerful than the Smith and Wesson 500 mag. Okay. Now I, I'm I don't know about numbers and brands and all that stuff. You know I have firearms, so I'm not a gun guy, as I like to say. Um, but I always think back at that one giant gun that Terry brought to Bluff Creek that year. Do you remember that one? Yeah, or this one bigger. We had? <laughs> bigger than that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. 
Now, does that like a long barrel or would that sort of thing be yeah. accurate or is it just like a security blanket? Yeah, it's got like a 10 or 12 inch barrel on it. Oh, okay. So it is quite accurate. This because I think the ones that I've seen, I have you, you not quite snub nose, but not really long enough for something that powerful. Right. Like a four inch barrel or something. Yeah. But he, yeah, he, he was listening to too many dog man stories. So he bought that thing. <laughs> yeah. I would say in general, if you're buying firearms, there's a possibility like of that size. Um, maybe you have listened to a little bit too many dog man stories, you know, like, <laughs> Unless you're just a gun hobbyist, in which case I understand. You know, that, so. What I do is that when I was listening to all those Dogman stories, the Dogman Encounters page um, with Vic Cundiff, his, his stuff, I yeah. have the same guns, but I didn't have enough money to buy one. <laughs> I was going to one of these things. Yeah, you know what? I I, I, I change what I say. It's, it's not that if you buy one, you've been listening to too many Dogman stories. I, I think a more accurate way of saying it would be um you can gauge when you've heard too many by by <laughs> your, your, your firearm purchases <laughs> exactly and they uh they he said when he went and picked up at the gun shop they're awesome what, what, what are you going to alaska he's all no man no and they're like what'd you get that for man and he's like and at the end of the when he, he goes i'll tell you when i leave and he, when he walked he goes google Tara, taylor mississippi creature and he walked out the door. He goes, he's going, you know, they're all other guys all now are dog ramblers. I'm like, I don't know. It probably sounds nuts to a lot of people. Yeah, well, it sounded nuts to me for a long time until I knew a couple witnesses. Now I'm just going, what? Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm the same boat, man. I know I said it a million times, but here here's a question like a cryptid question for you that kind of came up at the Texas conference. Um Somebody asked me about rakes. Do you know about these things? I think that's what R A K E. I'm I'm pretty sure that's how you would pronounce it. Yeah, actually, um, God, what I do know about them, but I can't. Oh, and I said like I I I also said that sounded familiar, and I go, what is that? You know, and and then he goes, well, look at this, and you know, he pulled up a picture of some website somewhere, and and um, you know, I'd seen the picture before. I see I've seen a couple like it. Um, and I've, I've just always assumed they were fake, et cetera, or whatever. Um, but now there's a couple out there then, and who knows I, I'm open, but I'm unconvinced still, you know, but basically these rake things are those, they kind of look like an alien. They kind of look like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I actually, dude, I'm doing this clip show, like a TV show this week, actually later on, I got to fly down to LA in a couple of days. Oh, good. Yeah. But, um, that's actually one of the pictures we're going to be discussing on the show yeah what do you think about those things that because that again like dogmen this is one of those things that uh, i kind of hope doesn't exist you just sound super gullible and kind of dumb if you say yeah i think it's possible you know i think they could be there but i i think everything's on the table you know it's yeah i don't know, I don't know about i got, I got I'm, I'm gonna analyze that one a little actually that's when we got the phone tonight i got about i got uh four clips i gotta really study the next couple days so Trying to stay, but we haven't had internet or power here, so it's been hard. But, yeah, um, that whole California power shut shutdown thing is affecting you, dude. It just came on a few hours ago, and it's shutting off by five a.m. Uh, but, now, but you have a wood stove, right? Yeah, we'll have heat. You'll have heat, okay? But uh, yeah, the, but people who have electric heat are just you know poop out of luck. Yeah, a lot of my neighbors, dude, use um, which is crazy because we pay this huge surcharge because. All the indoor pot scenes up here, they put this giant tax if you go over the baseline, like way higher than anywhere else in the country. So they're 
they're screwed. They have no wood. I, um, I, I gave some wood out today to some neighbors just because it's been like in the 30s with north winds, so it's been cold. And these houses are pretty drafty. Yeah, you live right at the beach, man. Like that, that's a, a crazy place to live with no heat. Yeah, dude, it gets cold. But yeah, we got the fire cranking here. We're we're doing good on that. So but, uh, we had hot water tonight, so that's why I was a little late calling you back because I had to take a shower while the shower was good. Oh yeah, yeah, get it. I totally get it. Oh, but yeah, so anyways, like, I got to study that. I'm gonna study that up uh, more tonight. And you know what else we're looking at is that. They called it Ibu Gogo, but I don't think it was. Remember that one from um, Indonesia, Sumatra, the guys in the motorcycles and that homo float? Yeah, totally. I 100% remember that. That was awesome. It had me going there for a little while. Yeah, but they they showed it was a fake. Well, it's not so much a fake, but uh, it's nothing spectacular, although it is spectacular in its own ways. It's nothing cryptozoological, you know, or paranormal. I actually, when I got that, I was really intrigued because that, I think that came out when I was in the middle of the Orang Pendek project. Right. Uh, so I sent it to Dolly, my main contact in uh, Sumatra. And I said, Hey man, w- what do you think this is? It doesn't look, I mean, what do you think? And he wrote back and I forget the word, the exact words he used, but something to the effect of, Oh yeah, that's a, so it's like a native tribe here or whatever. They're like rather small or whatever. And yeah. So it's like some, it's a human basically yeah, a small slender human. Yeah. But should... definitely not, definitely not. A, uh, that's not, an orang pendek and it's not an ibogogo it's wrong island for ibogogo but nonetheless it's it's you know what i mean right yeah, yeah it's, it's a human well then, then these other guys were showing some slowed down stills like where it looks like the thing got photoshopped kind of somehow but it, i don't know it's i thought it, i mean it looks like a person to me but that's what Dolly said it was. And of course, Dolly's opinion is just as valuable as anybody else's without some sort of analysis behind it, um, which isn't very valuable, unfortunately. No, nothing personal to Dolly, you know, but that's the, that's the facts. Opinions don't matter much. But um, I don't know. Well, I was reading about people that said that they knew what it was. It's this little tribe of people. But then you look up trying to find that tribe, like in just regular, you know, Google through regular searches, like through like any kind of literature, like any university papers on it and stuff. And uh, I'm not finding really anything. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess that would be impossible because when I was, I mean, when we were in Sumatra for finding Bigfoot, I hiked to the top of Gununtuju, like, you know, this, this giant volcano, you know, and there were teenagers at the top wearing flip flops, taking pictures of me and with flip phones, you know, like they were getting cell phone reception at one of the most remote places on the planet. Um, so seriously, everybody up in Sumatra has a cell phone. Right, right. Actually, probably not. I'm exaggerating, but. Well, it's just like we're up the Amazon. Those just recently contacted tribes. It was Stone Age 15 years ago. The kids were on iPhones, but they'd never been on the internet. They'd never been able to make a phone call. They just use them for cam- as cameras. Oh, that's the tribe that uh, we hung out with the shaman. And yeah. Stuff and... <laughs> right. You know what that tribe's name was? What? Tattoo you. That's right. Moneymaker said that there was Rolling Stone fans. <laughs> <laughs> so classic. God, we got to get money on the show. I keep forgetting to call them. Oh, man. Just like the, the shoulds as in the guest column just keep stacking up. I will call him tomorrow. Guaranteed. All right. Well, I think I might be in the woods on uh, Thursday or Wednesday night. I'm finally going to get break away from the museum for a second and go to the woods. Um, before it gets snowed in at the spot. 
Yeah, I got I'll be I'll be up on Thursday night, but I just realized that is yeah, they're flying me down Halloween day. Oh and we're shooting all day the first. Yeah, because I had a big plans for Halloween. Like that's that's my favorite thing, you know, of the year is Halloween. Yeah, Halloween's great. I mean, Melissa is 120% into that. So um, my life gets taken over by Halloween, whether I want it to or not. Same in this house. Creed is super into it, too. Yeah, yeah. we went out out, uh, and had a couple beers with our friend Cody the other night at a local pub in Sandy here. Um, The the Nowhere Pub, or or No Place. That's what it is, No Place Saloon. Um, Cool little place. They had a costume thing. So I I got home from work, and I fell asleep on the couch for a second, and... Uh, then I had to throw together a costume in 25 minutes or less and go out with my, you know, with my, my wife and my friends. So, What'd but I look uh, great. Um, a fisherman, a Greek fisherman, a Greek fisherman, right on. Yeah. And specifically Greek because of the hat. It says right on the inside of the brim of the hat, Greek fisherman hat. So, <laughs> <laughs> I look great. I think it's on my, um, inst- Instagram, if I remember right, or oh, maybe it's, I don't know. What, what are my three social medias? I don't know. I can't keep them all straight. Like, it's just a level of which one's annoying me most today. A lot of people would be like, man, you're stoked. You're going to be in Hollywood for Halloween. Because I've been, I've been down in Hollywood for Halloween before. I mean, the outfits, I mean, the, it's just an excuse for every wannabe model actress girl down there to wear like the sluttiest, you know, reveal all outfit possible. But right, was, right. So that, that's pretty sweet. But I'd, I'd rather be home, you know, with my friends at a really fun party. And we were supposed to go see Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight. And, uh, that would have been fun. So now I'm going to be alone studying videos in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rake videos. <laughs> <laughs> Loser or winner. I don't know. Depends what game you're playing, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, dude, if I didn't, if I didn't have to do it, if I didn't need the money, I wouldn't do it. Work is work, you know, like the, the, um, this thing that we do isn't exactly glamorous. No, and this job, dude, does not pay at all. Well, yeah, well, hopefully it pays. I mean, you wouldn't be doing it if it didn't pay at all. You got to make a little bit of money. My agent refused to even do the contract. He said, "You got to handle this on yourself." I'm not signing on to that. <laughs> wow. I was like, well, "Well, they'll fill up the gas tank a couple times." Okay, fair enough. Dude, gas was. Right now up here it's like four thirty nine, and down there it was a two dollars and nine cents in Louisiana. Uh, you live in, ex- in an expensive part of the country. Yeah, it's. Well, uh, we both do, but you even more so. Yeah, it sucks. But man, every time I go back there, when I, especially when I get to Tennessee, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I, I could, I know I've said this about several places, but I, of all the places, Tennessee mountains, dude, is so nice, and the people are cool. It's just beautiful back there. Um, I that's one spot I could move to for sure. Yeah, there, there's certain pockets in the South in general that I just absolutely love with all my heart. It's it's a jungle. It's a squatchy jungle back there, and everybody's rad, and you know everybody's got their little moonshine thing tucked away, so they're all kind of living under the level of legality and whatever. It's I, I love that place. I like people living on the edge of what you're supposed to do, but getting along fine. I love that. Yeah, and then um, I think – did we talk about this the last one? I went out – we went to um, John Carter Cash's. He got that property from his father where the wild things are. We, 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 I think we briefly spoke about it during a Danny's interview episode. Yeah, I'm not sure. Just in case I didn't. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure we heard one there that night. Um, John 
John heard it, and I think two other guys heard it, and the other four guys, whatever, were like farting and standing in dry leaves and moving around. They they missed it. <laughs> but we, we had chili, so but yeah, they were the man. Like talk about when you think of cool people in the South, like you know, like cool Tennessee, like polite, nice folks. I mean that I was with the greatest crew of guys. I'm like, dude, this is the place. To, this is the place. Oh, but I met a screenwriter guy that want, wants to do a Bigfoot screenwriting thing with me. Oh, well, good. Chase that. That'd be great. He's a, he's a real Hollywood dude. Nice. Well, anybody who's listening who's a real Hollywood dude, you want to jump on that board, you know, uh, jump on that ship, talk to Bobo, give him an email. Yeah. Well, this guy, um, no, this guy is a real Hollywood dude. Well, he's right, a, right. He's a real script writer, but if I could find even more real Hollywood dude. <laughs> <laughs> you had to fund it. That'd be fine, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, but, I mean, this guy makes, he's got couple houses down in Southern California, like one on the beach and one up in the high desert. So I mean, he's doing something right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I hope that works out for you. Hey, what's the, what's the new year looking like? Do you have any gigs lined up that you know of? I just got one dude today. I'm going back. Oh shoot. What's it called? Uh, uh, I wouldn't, you know, you could tell me and I wouldn't know. Just tell me where it is. And maybe, you know, it's in North, the very North on the border of Illinois. It's at an Indian casino. Something wins. Indian casino. It's like an eighty-five room lodge. Uh huh. Yeah, I will be at Starved Rock Lodge January twenty-fifth. Did you say Starve Rock? Starved, like starving, but past tense. Oh, the rock. Okay, gotcha. Starved Rock. Yeah. Starved Rock Lodge, and it's. Looks like a cool spot. It's, it's it's small. It's like most of those casinos we go to are like huge. Mm-hmm. This thing looks really small. It's gonna be a pretty intimate affair because you know those tribes they got. Um, they'll bring us in and not worry about the crowd so much because it's not like a like when Wool Heater does the Texas conference. It's just him. That's the whole draw. This place they've got. They're making so much money on the casino that it, that they'll pay us just just to show up. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, if they hired, um, you know, Survivor to come out and play music or something like that. You're just like part of the thing that's going on that weekend. Right, right. Yeah, not the only thing, but just that that weekend is like benefit for the whoever, the high rollers or whoever. whoever they like. I guess they're going to sell tickets, then the high rollers get in for free type thing. Right. Are there any other big footers there? Are you doing a solo thing or what? Oh, Meldrum's coming. Oh, cool. Very good. It's always yeah. a pleasure to hang out with the good doctor. I know, dude. I, once again, I'm just laughing, going, here's this guy, future Nobel laureate. Yep. Hanging with the bubs. Well, does he say, no, you know, bubs, uh, uh, don't undersell yourself. And I know you're not doing that because you're not the kind. But um, I think you guys are good for each other. Right. I, I, I know you both very well, and I think both of you are good for each other. Meldrum could perhaps sometimes use a little bit more Bobo in his life. Um, although he's more Bobo S than you might think. And then, uh, you might u- use a little more Meldrum in your life. Although you're more Meldrum than anybody suspects. <laughs> I, I need a lot more Meldrum in my life. Ah, don't, don't undersell yourself. You're, you're more Meldrum th- than you think. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, lodge is, this lodge is cool, dude. Like that's, um, pretty like home, like, a. A lot of wood interior, like lots of wood, open beams, like nice. rust, Arctic style. What month is that? Or what, when, do you know, the date January, in general? January 25th. Ooh, January, man. It's, and this is in Illinois? 
Well, I just Googled it, and Starved Rock State Park came up right away. Looks like it's about an hour west of Chicago. Oh, good, because you're too close to Chicago, and you ran out of Bigfoots. Right. Oh, I remember that from when we were up there. Yeah, I don't yeah know. it I don't... seems like Chicago is one of the least squatchy spots around. It's due south of Rockford, northeast of Peoria. I don't know what that's like in there. Huh. We'll be interested to find. I'll, I'll do some research and see what the uh, if there's any history in around there. If they get any action. Yeah, it looks like there's a big old river. I'm looking at Google Earth or whatever, um, and or whatever I'm looking at Google Maps, and it looks like there's a giant old river going through there. Whatever that is. Right. It's way farmland. But look at the Google Earth. We've seen squatches down. Oh, it's, exactly. oh, it's the Illinois River. So it's right on the Illinois River. Yeah, there's going to be Bigfoots there sometimes for sure. They got to at least pass through. Man, it is, look at all, look at all the farms. Farm. That is all yeah. farm. That's unbelievable, man. Look at that. Now, think back 200 years. That was probably all forested. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because Ohio dude, and Illinois, right? That was the wilderness back in the day. Dude, that's about as farmland as you can get. Yeah, well, there'd be plenty for any big residual Bigfoots in the area. Oh, they'd be raiding. Yeah, there's plenty of food there. Huh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they got there as far as reports over the years. So does that mean you're not doing Squatch Fest? When's that? Uh, approximately the last weekend of uh, January. Oh, shit. Whoops. <laughs> I guess, well, yeah, I guess not, you know. I mean, a job is a job. They got to you first. I, I told them I was going to go do that. I, I totally spaced that. Shoot, I could have <laughs> to fly across the country again. Hey, you know what? I pulled up. Um, I, I pulled up this, you know, Mangani's Bigfoot maps. Um, yeah. You know, that he would be an interesting person to talk to. Um, yeah, uh, that Google Earth layer, or actually the BFRO Google Earth layer, too. There is a Class A sighting at Starved Rock State Park. What year? A, um. 99 or eight. Uh, well, let's see what it says here. It says 80 through 99 memory told of encounters on farm near Ottawa. There's also a class B in 85 and something in 06 maybe, or I don't know. There's some stuff Yeah, yeah again, right on the river. Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, we saw them in Oklahoma where they passed through Oklahoma city on a river at night. Yeah. Oh, I had two days off in a rowboat, but did I tell you that? No. Oh, my God. It was the first time since July. Two days off in a row. And even though work came to me, I, I, I shunned it. You didn't go to the museum at all? Nah, I didn't. And like the guys who called me about the museum, I said, hey, man, you know, this is my first two days off in months. Love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So Good for you, man. You got to do that. Uh, yeah, I needed it. I needed it. I was going to do two days off this week as well and indulge myself, but um, uh, uh, the local news station, KOIN in Portland, they're coming out to the museum tomorrow to do some peace on us. So, Oh, great. Yeah, that's more important than a day off, I guess, is you know keeping the business going. It's a fledgling business after all. Yeah, you said uh, you had your best day ever just the other day, right? Yeah, Saturday was outstanding. And, you know, the funny part is, um, you know, getting close to Halloween and, you know, my wife's totally into Halloween and everything and it's cool and I – you know, we enjoy that stuff. Um, we ran a special. Anybody who showed up in costume can get into the exhibit halls for a, a discounted price, right? Um, right? And over the two-day run, I, the only people who showed up for that did it accidentally, didn't know about <laughs> the, the thing. 
Um, <laughs> so, and even then, I think we got five over two days. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, well, all right, whatever. But yeah, we had a good day. So that was very promising. And um, everybody seems to be really enjoying the exhibits and no complaints. And yeah, everybody's digging it. So when you ask people how they hear about you, what do they say? A variety of things. Uh, a number of people follow me or whatever on social media. Um, a, a lot of people heard about it on the news. A shocking number, actually. To, shocking to me. Uh, a huge number heard about it on the news. I forget that people watch television because I don't tend to turn on the tube very often. Right. Or if I do, it's very targeted, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to watch, you know, this tonight at like a movie or something, you know, it's not like, oh, this is on. I catch it every week. I'm going to turn that on. But apparently people watch the news and stuff. And a lot of people hear it from their friends. Um, and you know, what's really gratifying is, is for me is a lot of people who come in a significant percentage of them either have never seen finding Bigfoot or only vaguely heard of it and have no idea who, you know, that I was on the show basically. Oh, great. So you've got to answer the same thing over and over. Well, even more than that, it shows that the museum its own en- is its own entity, and it's not right. necessarily cliff-dependent. Right, like how Moneymaker distanced himself from the BFRO when he started that. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, whatever his motivations might have been. Um, but it's kind of nice, you know, because I, I want – yeah, exactly. I guess it is in the same sort of way. He didn't want to be the centerpiece. And I don't really need to be the centerpiece for the museum as well because – you know, it certainly if ever comes a day that I don't need to be there every day, I would absolutely relish that. But um, but it is a really fun project to do all the time. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm still kicking around the idea of doing that um, gift shop, Bigfoot gift shop by Redwood National Park. And the more I'm thinking about the more I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. you know to, to put so much time effort and money into something and it's 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 a roll of dice man it's like you're hoping for that next car to to be something good so oh yours is yours is dude you're, you don't got nothing to worry about yours is that's guaranteed gonna work i hope so i hope so i'm i'm, I'm becoming optimistic about it although it, we are in the very slowest time of the year right now so yeah, because oh. you, you need snow, but then the skiers, and you'll start getting the more traffic, right? That's what we're hoping. You know, I mean, I, I, we only we were open. I mean, heck, the exhibit halls weren't even open, but like the the gift store was open a month during the summer. You know, August basically, and we did well. We did well enough to you know to continue forward. Um, it, it's dropped off significantly after Labor Day, as would be expected. Um, and then the next thing, the next bump, I think, is going to be probably Christmas because you, you know, I mean, my gift store is chock full of squatchy goodness, you know, uh, that, Thanksgiving traffic is that whole week. Kids are going back and forth up to the mountain. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right. I, I, I always think about the, the holiday, not the fact that people travel for it. Um, cause I try not to. Yeah, you're right. So maybe, maybe Thanksgiving would be good. I think Christmas would be good. And then like the ski season in general, I hope that the skiers are kind to us and drop by and say hello. Um, summer, I'm not worried about, and I hear that winter can be good from the other local businesses up and down Highway 26. Um, they say uh, fall and spring are their slowest times. So we'll see what happens. Dude, you know what else just happened? Did you see on the news that humpback whale got beached for three days? Did it live? I'm not sure I well, saw that. Ended up dying. Maybe I did then. I, I remember something maybe about a week and a half ago. about a hump- I saw a picture of a humpback that was beached. But yeah. I, I don't know if that was the same one. 
right in front of my house. It's a long story, like how they they blew it, dude. We, I I guarantee you, I could have got the thing back in the water with all the people I know, all the commercial fishermen and surfers with wave runners and sand. Like we used to pump pots out, crab pots, when they get stuck in the sand because you know you stand at the edge of the or the stand at the edge of the ocean where the waves are washing back and forth. You you start sinking, your feet just sink under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think it's called liquefaction. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens to the crab pots if they sit too long on the sand. They just start, you know, as they they sink down. They'll be like ten feet buried sometimes, ten feet under sand. We clip on. We get. Uh, we we'd buy old um, from the old CDF California Department of Forestry fired uh, units. You can buy the old pumps that were on the the big four by four dually, you know, Forest Service fire trucks you could buy the old water pumps off them and then you'd you'd uh just pump seawater through them and and you and it puts a lot you know you know how much pressure a fire hose has yeah yeah you'd, you'd clip it on to the to the rope the line that goes down to the buoy to the crab pot you'd clip it on that line and you send it down to the bottom and you turn it on blast and it blasts the pot out it, like right away now, what's what stops it from going back up the rope? Because, you know, the, the whole, you know, Newtonian thing, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So that should act as like a jet and and push the device upwards again, right? Or what, what stops yeah. that? Oh, God, we had some rig on there that... Some sort of clamp on the rope, maybe, yeah. or something? Well, well no, because it, uh, it was weighted, and then it was like it was like one of those... Yeah, it's like, a, I guess, clamps, what you'd call it. It... It can go down, but when it starts to go back up, it pinches on itself. Yeah, like those climby things that you. The, like I had to do that on Finding yeah, Bigfoot with those things for climbing the trees. I don't know what they're called, but rock climbers would know. Yeah, exactly. It's what because the weight brings it down, and the brass nozzle that that brings it down, and then it then when you turn it on, it you can't get it off until you pull the pot all the way up and get it to the block, and then you take it off. Mm. Oh yeah, so the whale thing. Oh yeah, so it's starting to smell. Oh, it's still out there. They buried it, dude. Oh, you know what? I'll send it. I'll post it. Um, I'll have. I'll send it to Jeff too. I'll put it on my Facebook. I was gonna put it on my Facebook page today. There, two days ago, there was literally. I'm not exaggerating, dude. Two volcanoes bubbling up, a stew of whale oil and blood and melted fat. Because it's baked. Because it's been sunny. It's been cold wind, but it's. it's it's the sun's baking the sand. So, There's, so this is a, a bubbling up through the sand itself. Yeah, like it was like a one was like two foot across, the other one was about a foot and a half across diameter. When, when did they bury this thing? Like a few days, like just it was only buried for like two or three days, and all of a sudden it just started boiling up, and not like a Mount St. Helens eruption, but like more like the Hawaii shield volcanoes that just kind of ooze out, like bubbly ooze. Yeah, like like the, the 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 mud geysers in Yellowstone, perhaps. That's exactly what it looks like, dude. It looks exactly like those bubbling mud pits, but it's all but blood, it's blood it's, and sand. Oh, <laughs> uh, and it's running into the ocean. You're just putting out a, every great white shark within a hundred miles is going to be hanging right in front of the house. Oh, that's a good opportunity to see one, though. Oh, dude, I'm I'm um this anyone these two guys went surfing. I was filming. Just I want to get some shark. Shark attack footage, so I can sell it to Shark Week. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, get a surveillance cam and stick it out there. I got one point of there right now, but it's it's so it's not good enough quality. <laughs> With my little camcorder right at the water's edge. 
That's one of the coolest, you know, get money fast schemes I've ever heard, Bobo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stick out a whale carcass. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a surfer, like, I'm going to shark footage with the surfer. I'm gonna <laughs> sell it to Discovery. You know people at Discovery, you know, they own Animal yeah. Planet. I could sell it, for sure. Uh, totally. Totally. You just have to give them a call and say, hey, get the CEO on the line. This is the Bobes. Yeah. But, man, that's it's it's a... Uh... It really is like the biggest shark attraction I've ever seen. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, you know, I, I was thinking perch. You should go out there and fish. Oh, good idea. I'll send you that video. I'll send you Not a video. bad idea. Oh, I'd love to see it. Absolutely. You know, put it on your Facebook for everybody else to see too. I will. I'll put it up right now. Yeah. But yeah, dude. It's gonna get. It's gonna get bad because you can kind of smell it now. But like another week or something, it's gonna be gnarly. Did did you watch them bury it? Or were no. you still in Louisiana? No, I didn't see that. I would I would be interested to know how deep they buried it. I don't think that deep. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. I have a certain fascination for um beached whale carcasses. You talking about me at the beach? <laughs> no, nothing you person not you personally. Not even the fat bobs. Um like the the, the former bobs. No, but uh, there's something about the whales and whatnot. Like, you just don't get to see them, you know, unless they're in a distressed situation. It's kind of like fish or Sasquatch for that matter. Um, you just don't get to see them, and they're so interesting looking and, you know, beautiful in some ways and stuff. But a dead one, it's less beautiful, perhaps. But you know what I mean. Oh, you should be getting that text right. It said it sent. Oh, you sent me a text? Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, it just came through, actually. What is oh. oh, that's the soil expanding, the, the, the sand. It's just like bile and blood coming out of the soil. Oh, and, and I'm assuming that's low tide. That's a long ways from the shore. Yeah. It's going all the way to the water. It's leaking. It's and there's it's it's definitely leaking to the sand underneath. Like it's 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 getting it's definitely getting into the ocean. Yeah, you know, that's that's something. I, I've ne- I've never seen that before. Isn't that nuts? That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, you got to put that on your Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by the time this comes out, of course, it'll be a week or two away. So uh, um, people just dig back on Bobo's Facebook and make sure you follow him or like him or whatever you do. I'll I'll, I'll send send it. It'll be on the, if they're listening to YouTube, it'll be on the YouTube one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we should put it on Bigfoot and Beyond. Yeah. I keep forgetting we have Facebook. I'll put all of them. Yeah. I know. Dude, I, I forget that all the time. We're 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 super lucky. We're as popular as we are, Bobo. Thank you, fans, because like we forget to do all that stuff. I just don't even. It doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Well, I I, I, know, I know that I try to put it out on Sun. I, I um I try to put out on Sunday that you know the new one was released or whatever. Um, so I usually do the Facebook stuff, but uh, I forgot this week. I think. I apologize to folks. You know, we could uh, start doing uh, segments too. I was thinking, um, like, uh, like um, the two that I was thinking of—one for you and one for me—is uh, like for you is like Bobo story time. And I say, Bobo, tell me about that one time that this happened, and then you go. Trying you know, to get me arrested, quick. No, no, no. That's appropriate stuff, you know. Um, uh, like something tonight, like I was going to say, oh yeah, tell me about that one time that you almost drowned when you swam out and tried to save Monkey from the waves. That's exactly where the whale's buried. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what made me think of it, actually. Should I tell that story right now? Yeah, why not? Why not? Bobo's story time. Yeah, I think that would be a good thing. Like, maybe Pruitt. Pruitt. Like, I know you're listening. Um, what, what do you think about, like, maybe a, a special song little ditty or, like, a, a voice ditty or something like that, kind of introducing Bobo's story time or something like that? I mean, uh, what do you think about that? Well, gather around, it's Bobo's story Description of felonious or criminal activity is being told here strictly for entertainment purposes and is in no way an admission of guilt or even true for that matter. We had just come back down from um, up at Bluff, and it was uh, we'd been in the it'd been hot and everything. We'd been in Poison Oak, and she was covered in Poison Oak, and I didn't want her coming in the house with it. So we got back. It was uh, it was a Friday night. It was um, like June. Generally in June, there's not like big swell you know like maybe the first week of june we get like a big wind swell but this was like mid to late june and there was no moon and we get back and i i, I gotta wash her off so i just take her down to the beach and i throw the stick in like shallow water and get her all wet she'll get soaked in the salt water and then i take the wet sand and rubber 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 and it takes you know i don't have to use soap or anything it takes all the poison oak off hmm. so i was throwing the stick out and I could hear water rumbling. I was trying not to throw the stick too far, because just in case, you know. But I was thinking, that monkey body surf and stuff. Monkey was in the ocean all the time. Like she, she was a total water dog for not being bred that that breed. She was a total water dog, and I was like, God, you know, she, she, she's not even getting wet. She's only getting her paws wet. So I threw the stick like an extra fifteen feet, and I just hear this big rumble sound. I'm like, Oh man, there's a, there's a wave coming. I'm yelling for monkey, and she's looking for the stick. It's starting to get sucked back at the sea. There's just enough water to pull the stick back out the sea, like you know, at the wave slope. And she's yeah. charged. I'm going down. I'm, I'm screaming at her to come back, come back, come back. And also, this huge thing of whitewash just comes shooting up the beach. Monkey's gone. Like she's just gone. And, and and I could hear the rumble. It's like a big set breaking. And I found out later this the swell was 14 feet at 13 seconds. Oh my god. Which Both is pretty big. Are, uh, disappointing. What's that? Both those numbers are disappointing. Like if you're hoping your dog's going to survive. Yeah. 13 seconds. You're starting to get that long interval period where there's a lot more water moving and 14 feet. You know, that's, that's, that's a good amount of, that'll get some good rips and stuff going. And that's a, uh, a huge volume. Just like, imagine yeah. the, the, just the, the, not the mass, you know, but the volume of water shooting out through these riptides and whatever it, like in that, like, I don't know, man, Humboldt surf scares the hell out of me. So yeah, monkey's so far braver than I am. I she, I stripped down butt naked. I was talking on the phone to Ranger Letterman, Robert Letterman, from the Redwood State Park Ranger. Yeah. I, I said, I go, dude, if I don't call you back in 20 minutes, call the Coasties. This is where I'm at, Samoa Beach. Tell them I'm swimming out there and come pick me up in the chopper. And uh, so, <laughs> so I dove in the water, but took all my clothes off to dove in butt naked started swimming out there oh no there was a little bit of moon it was just cloudy because every once in a while the, the moon would pop out 
And I swam out there, and then all of a sudden, I'm, in, I'm swimming out. And dude, the, the, I mean, the waves were like 20-foot face. Like, it was big. It was like triple overhead. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if you don't live near the ocean, you may not know this. They measure the size of the wave by the backside. Is that correct, Bobo? Basically, how? yeah, it's it, the yeah the breaking face is usually 50 to 100% or more bigger than 50 to 150%, whatever the swell is, like they say, 13 at 14. And the bigger the interval, like 14 seconds, The it's imagine a triangle. If you have a triangle and, and the bottom of it's 14 feet long versus a a triangle that's, you know, if it's 13, 14 feet tall, the 13 foot base, or if it has a 20 foot base, how much more water would take to fill up that volume? That's kind of how you can look at it. So 14 at 13, there's a lot of volume in that, but yeah, 14 sounds like, foot, sounds like math. Yeah. It, it could, a 14 foot swell can at the right break and throw up a 25, 30 foot face on the sets. Yeah, but basically because the water is pushing in from behind the wave, and so like the shoulders of the wave, like the the thing pushing it is bigger than the front side where the surfer would be or whatever. Right, and then the gravity collapses the top. And yeah, a yeah. lot, lot of physics going on. So, dude, I'm swimming out there, and I'm like, oh, man. And like it was cold, like the water's, you know, like 48, 49, something like that. Oh, and, I'm swimming, and I'm like, I'm never going to find her. It's freaking, and I'm... Uh, at this point, because it's hard to hold your breath when you're doing, when you're freezing, you know, because my teeth are already starting to chatter a little bit. Well, and your nuts are putting pressure on your lungs too. Oh, big time, dude! I, I, I was kind of, but I was in pretty good shape. I'd been surfing a lot that winter, but I hadn't been surfing for probably a month or a month and a half too much. I'd been up in the woods mostly, so I was a little bit not in the best shape. I mean, I was better than most people. I mean, I survived it. So I, I mean, I was like I was, seven, seven, seven out of ten. Like what kind of shape were you in? Probably seven or eight. Okay. Or yeah, I mean, I'd surfed a ton that winter, so I, I was swimming. Um, I'm swimming and swimming, and I'm, I look back and I can see the, the, uh, you know, the lights of the town and stuff. I'm like, man, I am far out at sea. Like I'm way. I, I started getting nervous. Like, how am I gonna get? Am I gonna get back in? And I'm starting to swim, and I get out, and I'm in the rip, and. I get far enough out where I'm kind of out past the breakers. They're breaking through the side of me, and I'm in the rip in the channel. And I'm like, I got to – I started yelling, monkey, monkey, and nothing. So I start swimming – so I start swimming south because it was a north swell, northwest swell. And I start swimming south, and lo and behold, I hear this ah, ah, monkey coughing with the stick in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And she's swimming out there. Like, oh, God damn it, I got the stick. Yeah. That's all that mattered in that moment. Yeah. She's drowning. <laughs> she's going to hold on to the stick. So I got the stick out of her mouth and I ended up throwing it in front of her so she'd swim towards it. It's all she wants. She scratched the shit out of me, too. So we go swimming and we go, I swim her into the breakers, um, the, the next peak down. And I'm like, so right when the wave's about to hit us, I mean, we're right in the impact zone, basically. I blow on her because I've heard, I heard that you just gla- grab their muzzle, cl- close it shut, and you blow on their nose, and it makes them hold their breath. Mm. So I blew on her nose real hard, went, which was kind of dumb because then I ran out of air. That was my breath to hold for when the wave came. Oh, yeah, that also makes you less buoyant. Yep, exactly. People don't realize how buoyant your lungs make you, like a, a breath full of air. Yeah, it's like, it's like I have a jack, I have a life jacket on, or I don't, depending on if your lungs are full or not. Right, it really is that dramatic. And so I blew into her mouth like, whew, 
then I, then I ducked under. We just got blasted. I was holding onto her collar, and I, I was first going to break her neck. I let go, and we're just getting ragdolled. And then we come up, whatever. I come up and monkey. And then in the moonlight, I see her dog paddling, and she's coughing and coughing. She'd swallowed water. I was like, oh shoot, man! So I got back over to monkey, and I was um, just sw- I was able to just swim just fast enough to stay in front of her. And I was staying in the impact zone, so we got washed in some more. We kept getting hit by big waves, but each one pushed us further and further in. Then we get near the shore. And there was a cross lateral current going from the north to the south. There's like a deep perch hole, you know, those perch holes out there that drop offs. Yep. And yep. so hit, we hit that thing. There was a lateral current just ripping down the beach. And we were trying to swim. I'm, I'm trying to get monkey. I, I probably could have got in without her, but I wasn't going to leave her. And so she's the whole reason you were there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going, come on, monkey, come on. And at this point, I've been in the water for probably eight to 10 minutes, maybe something like that. Seven to eight, ten minutes in like, forty-eight degree water. Yeah, and I'm like, yes, yeah, so your your core temperature is dropped. You're probably having trouble with like like a dexterous manipulation of things. Like not that you were like out there sewing or something like that, but you know what I mean. Like you're, yeah. you're even swimming, you know, you, using your arms and legs effectively would probably be difficult at this point. Yeah, it was, it was. Well, we got swept and we didn't get out of the current before we hit the outgoing current going back out in between the breaking waves and that sucked us, but uh, we still got hit by some, some, uh, we got pounded in there a little bit then we got sucked out and it was the end of the set. So the, we didn't get pounded on the outside. Then I swam into the next peak down breakers and, and we're just drifting the whole time, drifting South. But I noticed there's some bonfires on the beach. There's a big bonfire, like a small bonfire. And there's a big crowd there, and I'm like, oh, well, they can't help me. They, they, they could never, because the surf was so loud, they could never hear me or anything. They wouldn't be able to help or nothing. And you know what? You're naked. Yeah. So we we come in the second time. We're coming in like, monkey, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I grab her. I was grabbing by the collar, and she's trying to climb up on me and all that stuff, you know, scratching me. And I was like, ah, oh, monkey, you're killing me, man. Like, literally. Literally, yeah, like double drowning sort of killing you. Yeah, so then we... We swam it. Same thing happened, dude. Lateral current. We didn't make it out. Got sucked back out. Now we're down at the third peak. We passed the bonfires. And um, I was I yelled a couple times, like, hey, hey, hey. You know, no one heard anything. Then we get sucked down. to. The, so this is the third time we're coming in. I, I swim her back into the impact zone. And I, I'm glad I did go because she would have never have got out on her own. Dude. She was swimming the wrong way. And so I, I got her to come in again. And this time... I didn't let go of her. We got swept in. I just swam like with holding my arm out in front of me with her, like uh, pointed, pointed her pointed towards the beach with my hand holding onto her collar, holding her in front of me. And then I was swimming and kicking with one hand and kicking with both feet and just kind of bobbing my head up and down, getting breath going in. And I, we were getting swept in that lateral current again. We got way inside. Dude, we were getting swept out like a half mile to sea each time, and then getting pushed back in, like pounded back in. And this last one, I was like, this is it, monkey. Like, I just remember going, like, my parents would freaking kill me if I had died swimming, you know, out in the ocean in the middle of the night. Well, I mean, how did they really expect you to go prematurely? Well, I just thought, I can't, I go, I love monkey, but I can't put my parents, like, my parents would be too bummed out if I got killed right now. So I said, oh, yeah, okay. I wasn't there. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking that way. Yeah, so I said, all right, Mikey, I can't, 
I, you got to do it yourself. Let's go. Let's go. I just yelled for it. And I just put my head down and swam super hard. And I barely got through the current. Like I barely made it. Like I was co- like collapsing when I got to, out of the water. Like I, like I, and I was like, I was just in shock. I'm like, monkey's gone. No, I didn't see her. Didn't hear her coughing. And the cloud, it was cloudy right then. So I couldn't even really see much. And I, I walked up the beach and just staggered up and like kind of crawled it out of the last part of the water and just collapsed on the ground, freezing, chattering teeth. Just totally butt butt naked. At what time? At what time of night? It was 10, 10, 10.30. I think I went in about ten. By the time I got back to where I was started, it was like ten thirty. Okay. It was something like that. It was a half hour, and uh, so I'm I'm sitting there just freezing. And then who comes popping up? Monkey comes up out of the water. Yay! And she's coughing and hacking and coughing up water and coughing up water, but still looking for stuff for me to throw. Did she did she lose her stick? Yeah, I took it away from her. I had to throw I had to hide it from her. I she never her. got it back. No, she would have she would have probably went back in the ocean looking for it, but so then I had a I had to go and then I am walking to the beach, I could see it's a huge party at this bonfire. And it turned out it was like a bunch of Eureka High kids, like the football team and stuff down there partying, end of the school year stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking down, and then I see these, there's these two girls, like talking like down by the water line, and that's where I'm walking. I'm like, oh no, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, uh, hey, I just got swept up to see they start screaming, and ran. Yeah, up. you're you're just that. You're you're the next naked guy. To walk right. up on them that night on the beaches of Humboldt, right? So I, I go, <laughs> With a dog, I go walking past, and all of a sudden, there's they go screaming back at the camp. Then all of a sudden, there's like thirty drunk high school football players coming down there to kick the pervert's ass. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, hey, and you know, of course, monkey, they don't even pay. I said, I just rescued my dog. And they're like, which would anyone else be like, oh, can we help you? There's like, kids are trying to punch me, and I'm like holding, pushing them back, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Then one of the I go, yeah, man, hey, I'm Bubba. I live right. And this one kid that's surfing, he goes, no, hey, that's Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Go, yeah, yeah, man. And like I'm like dodging these blows, and like drunk kids, like you know, and I'm pushing them back, and I was getting hit on the arms and stuff. And he goes, and then he jumps up. He's like, this is my friend, man. Stop, stop, stop. And he he stopped. just knew you from like the surfing circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is long before the show, like before you know, oh, you're yeah. just some weirdo Bigfooter, like before the show, so. Yeah, so he he stopped him, and like, but some like, but you know how it is like in a big drunken high school scene. Like some of the macho guys still wanted that didn't hear what was going on, still wanted to kick my ass, and so it was this whole ordeal to get past that crowd, trying to hold my hand over my ween because it was embarrassing shrinkage in that temperature. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I finally got back to my clothes, and I called Letterman. He's like, I was just calling the Coast Guard. You know, he's like. You said 20 minutes, but I thought, you know, you, you might, as usually, you might be a little bit late. And he's, like, <laughs> just calling. he's like, I was just calling 911 when you called back. And I was, I was just frozen. I was just chattering teeth, got my clothes on, and stumbled back up to the house. Wait, your clothes were on the beach when you went back up towards your house? Yeah, but I mean, we had drifted at least a third of a mile down the beach. Oh, or, yeah. I'm not at all surprised, man. Um, uh, Again, and like most of the people probably listening don't have an ocean near you, um, but the the side current at any incoming waves is uh, phenomenal. 
it'll push you against your will as far as it wants. And it's astonishing the distance sometimes in like a short period of time. Oh, it's a river. It's a, that lateral current along the coast near the shore is it's literally a river. I mean, it's flowing like it's seven, eight knots. I've spent a few nights at your house in my life, Bobo. And like when you've been off um, during the day to work or whatever you're doing and I'm walking on the beach, I'm horrified and just scared pantsless about the ocean that is in front of your house. The side currents would take you, drown you, and still move your corpse at, you know, three miles before anybody would find it. it it's fast, it's furious, it's dangerous, and almost aggressive. Yeah, they probably only find about half the drowning victims because it just, it just takes you so far. Yeah, it, it's, it, was, it was intense, dude. It was one of my closest calls with death. Like, I remember, like, I, when I was... But I, I almost didn't get out that third time, and there was no, there was no fourth time. I, I did not get out that. There was a couple second window where it could have went either way. I was that close to getting back out in the outgoing current, going back away from the beach instead of just sideways to the beach. And I just put my head down and just went, Whoa, I did that burst. And and uh, and Monkey must have done the same thing after I took off. She she probably got that burst too. And I don't know, I don't know how she got out because she was already going back out to sea at that point. The only thing I would guess would be more important to her than like a stick or a ball is you. Right. You know, it is probably you going, oh, look what daddy's doing. He's swimming towards the beach. I better do that too because I'm a dog and that's like what I'm programmed for. Right. Yeah. Yep. That was a that was that was a pretty crazy night. So yeah, that was right where that I must have almost put the same fate as that whale in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two different pale bloated corpses on the beach <laughs> at different times. <laughs> I was my dad see me that one time when I was really fat and I, he came down to watch me surf and he goes, God, it looks like that surfboard just slab of ice and you're some large marine mammal laying on it up in the last my surfboard was white and I was wearing a black wetsuit. <laughs> And, and 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 pardon me, but uh, how is Fireball doing? He's all right. He's cruising. Good, good. I love that guy. Oh, he's he's the best. He's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Well, I guess we filled in a story time tonight. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and you know what? I think that's a great segment. You're, you're a great storyteller. It's fantabulous, and we can find lots of things to talk about. Right on, Cliff. I know you got to get up early and go to the museum tomorrow, so I'll let you get back to it. Yeah, well, actually, I don't. It's tomorrow's my day off. I'm doing coin news tomorrow, so it'll be a big day. Oh, right on. I'll check it out. I'll see the. I'll look it up on the uh, internet tomorrow night. Yeah, the internet machine will have it for sure. Yeah. Give <laughs> me a picture on that internet machine. Right, right. Oh, that's what I love going to the South. Those old timey folks say, make me a picture. Make me a picture. Well, that's Spanish too. Like if you translate, uh, you know, uh, no, actually, Spanish is sacarme un fotografía, which is like take me out a photograph. That's weird. It is weird, but it's interesting to speak another language because it gets you inside their head. Right, right. A photograph. <laughs> take me out of a photograph. <laughs> Sound like yams now. Oh yams, love that guy. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, Cliff. Well, good luck on the news tomorrow. Thanks so much. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. That's another broadcast of Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. 
And as always, if you're not subscribed, please hit subscribe, share, put up on your pages, let your friends know about it. We appreciate it. Until next week, stay squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 